You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're talking about what happens when a brand's vision gets bigger than a company's ability to deliver. We'll take a look at Theranos and Fire Festival to examine the perils of faking it till you make it. Pack a bag for a festival in hell or invest in a shady startup. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. You know, they have the old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And in this case, we've got two major faux pas, Fire Festival and Theranos, two prime examples of companies who got lost in the vision and what could be, but ultimately failed to deliver on what was promised, leading to some pretty upset investors and customers. What are your thoughts, V? Uh, We've said it on the podcast before, but if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk or Mm -hmm. it will catch up with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of our past episodes, we've talked about the importance of being authentic, uh, you know, not lying to your customers. But this is like taking that to the next level. This is some next level shit. Um, Ideas are pretty powerful. And sometimes the vision can be bigger than the ability to deliver on it. And I am very excited about this episode. I've actually almost gone to a scam festival before. Oh, we got to so, unpack that yeah, later. Yeah, we will unpack that bag <laughs> later. Uh, so this is close to my heart. Um, and I've just monitored both these things, these stories as they unfolded. So I feel like not only is this going to be super fun to talk about, that there are some business lessons for those listening. And the dust hasn't <laughs> settled on these cases. It, is, it happened. And the dust with, is kicking up. And with that, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get it. So what's it going to be? Theranos Fire Festival. I'm going to be taking my company Theranos, <laughs> and I'm going to method act as Elizabeth Holmes, the founder and CEO of Theranos. Well, life's a beach. <laughs> Get a Corona and come with me to a magical <laughs> island. And uh, hold on. I got a costume change, actually. Tom is clearly hold taking on. Fire Festival. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, my Here we go. Lord. Check this out. For the audio. When I snuck in here. That Tom is wearing the craziest, colorful festival party shirt. Excuse me. (laughs) Wow. And last but not least, party shades. We're going to the festival. This is so funny because uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Elizabeth Holmes, which we are going to talk about, she reworked her voice to sound like this and also only wore black turtlenecks uh, to be more like Steve Jobs. So I right now am in a black turtleneck as Elizabeth Holmes and Tom literally is the antithesis of everything I am wearing right now. That is the loudest shirt I've ever seen. I know. Get a lot of compliments <laughs> on the shirt. I thought we had to turn it up a little bit, a little method acting. You know, you're you're gonna be Elizabeth. I gotta channel a little bit of my inner Billy McFarlane. Oh god. <laughs> This podcast is a scam. (laughs) So to talk about Theranos really quickly, so people maybe did not get that joke, feel like they have a seat at the table. Health tech company founded in 2003 by Stanford dropout Elizabeth Holmes, big vision woman. They were calling her the next Steve Jobs. She basically uh, created this idea for a machine, which she coined the uh, as the Edison. And the whole focus of this technology was to take a single drop of blood and run multiple 
uh, diagnostic blood tests. So she starts this company, has this vision. She actually consults with a professor at Stanford before she drops out who is like, this, everything she's talking about is like not going to work. But she started her company and marketed it based on the, um, I guess, fear that so many people have, or as a solution to the fear so many people have of needles. So she had this big picture vision that in every home in America, you could have a blood testing device to run your own blood whenever you wanted on a single drop of blood. Bold vision, unbelievable concept. And she had and assembled a terrific board behind her of very influential people. Not a lot of medical professionals. I think that's fair to say, but a tremendous board. And she really used that as a, as a tool and as a vehicle. And this is somebody that dropped out of Stanford after like one semester. Right. And she's on the cover of Forbes. She had a PR machine behind her that built her up. Uh, That famous uh, picture of her where she's standing there with a single drop of blood. I mean, she invested in her PR arsenal and she was able to control the narrative and control what information got out about what was happening behind the scenes. I mean, she she was doing three-dimensional chess around who had access behind the scenes, not sharing anything about the technology. Because it was trade secrets, Trade secrets, exactly, yes. Doesn't matter if it doesn't work, it's a secret. I think for our listeners, we should play a little bit of a a recording and a a interview that she did on Mad Money. And this, just for those that under, you know, for, for background here, obviously started in 2003. This was in 2015 when she was starting to get into some hot water. Ms. Holmes, welcome back to Mad Money. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. I have to tell you, in all my years, I can't recall a private company that I have to candidly many have never heard of getting this kind of attention and scrutiny. What do you think is going on here? This is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. And um, I I have to say, I, I, I personally was shocked to see that the journal would publish something like this but Cleveland Clinic, uh, Walgreens, so many of the other partners that we have have seen our technology. They've worked with us. They've used our systems, and they understand what we're doing. And they understand that when you try to change things, uh, people react to it. <laughs> What's so amazing watching this interview after doing the research for the show, she's just sitting here just straight up lying. I'm At this right. very moment, Walgreens is in the process of pulling out of the deal. And to zoom out, Theranos had started this partnership with Walgreens a few years ago. They were in a few stores, but the goal and the vision and the deal was if they were successful, they were going to be in every Walgreens in America, which I think broken down the stat was that they would be within like 10 miles of every home. And so you had said vision is to get it in someone's living room or someone's house, right? But just, you know, that's further downstream. Just simply to be able to give people access to a blood test that, that was that easy, inexpensive, like let, like a third the price even more than some of the other uh, equipment that was there. That is just too good to be true. It is, and it was too good to be true. So if you have listened to uh, the podcast, The Dropout, which details this whole story, you just really start to see how many people came forward uh, kind of whistleblowing. Hello, this technology doesn't really work. I mean, in some instances, instances they were bringing investors in to a conference room saying, we're going to test your blood. We're going to show you how the machine works. Uh, You know what? Hey, once you give us your blood, let's go out and grab lunch down the street. Sushi. 
sushi, sushi time. And then the their lab technicians would run into the room, grab the samples, go back to a lab, do like the normal blood test. And then when those investors would come back into the conference room, they would just have the results of the blood test there on the table. So no one thought to ask, did you actually run it through the machine? So they had this smoke and mirrors set up going where everyone also wanted to believe it was true. So they kept giving her money. And that interview was the start of the snowball effect that just kind of took down Theranos. Her net worth, after now being charged with massive fraud, which is something that she's in the middle of right now, her net worth went from $4.9 billion to zero. Unbelievable story. And I, I mean, they fooled a lot of smart people and they had some political power behind them. Joe Biden as a vice president toward the facility and walked out, you know, two thumbs up glowing. This is the future. Um, and what's so amazing about the behind the scenes story for that, the facility and the, the equipment and the places that he toured, you know, were, were looked nothing like what they were portraying. I mean, the, the, there was, there were fans everywhere when he walked through because they were literally still trying to dry the paint from the night before that they had gone through. They had all these machines. That is like the epitome of building the plane in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> building a fake plane in the fake air. So if we were going to take a real plane now. To an island. A tropical <laughs> island that was once owned by Pablo Escobar. The Fire Festival. Billy McFarlane. Tickets to this festival went on sale and sold, ranging in prices from $500 to $12,000. And in music festival terms, I mean, a music festival might be 100 bucks up to you know, maybe 500 bucks. Th those are still huge numbers. This was a luxury festival from day one. And some people looked back when shit hit the fan. And they said, oh, these rich millennials, who really cares? <laughs> but there's a sad story here. And it all started with influencer marketing. They dropped this unbelievable trailer on Instagram, paid influencers in one of the most successful, arguably, influencer campaign actually broke social media rules by paying um, some of these celebrities. And and if you notice, a lot of these celebrities actually took the post down a few days after. And they took the post down a few days after because they knew they violated the terms. But all of these celebrities, all of these influencers posted this orange, solid social graphic, no text, no nothing. And imagine scrolling through your feed and stopping and seeing all of these orange posts and all of them had a reference and a link to the fire festival. And so they drew immediately so many people buying tickets, buying tickets, not just for the show, not just for general admission, cabanas, renderings of all of these different places and these different VIP experiences. And they built up this concept of the kind of music festival that had never happened and all behind the scenes. And Billy's recording everything like an idiot. <laughs> like Richard Nixon. I know. Get me the tapes. <laughs> and all the way, his ego is so outsized. Just, you know, just, just like Elizabeth. His ego is so outsized that he thinks he can just figure it out. If he gets enough money, enough capital, with enough time, he can put it together. And he's interviewing people to come in and help him plan the festival. And they're like... We don't have time to deliver on this. Maybe if we had a year, maybe if we had eight months, they're looking at four, three months. 
and they can't even find a location. The notorious island of Pablo Escobar was not available that weekend. <laughs> So they ended up with some parking lot near Sandals. Oh, it was so bad. You with, couldn't even see the ocean. They had no utilities. They had no access to water. Their cabanas they had to, were American Red Cross <laughs> relief tents. No expense was spared. <laughs> so many expenses were spared. Uh, and all the while, he and Ja Rule are just getting drunk on the beach while everybody else is trying to figure out how to make he this He had possible. day three festival brain with day one <laughs> festival goals. <laughs> oh my God, that's good. It came crashing down. But you know what's crazy? You're talking about the social media influencers. They used social media to market this festival and that's ultimately what gave them is almost like a balloon effect and it was social media that also came right back around and mm -hmm. was the reason that they experienced this massive downfall just before the festival is about to start blink 182 backs out <laughs> because they haven't been paid and billy is like completely unscathed in this process i think at one point he's like answering questions and there's a line of like a thousand people just and, and he's just like i'm just gonna stand here and do a q a yep nope nope we're setting that up yeah okay you're concerned oh, we don't, we don't then, you haven't found your luggage yet yeah, no worry it's, uh, and it's then coming. and then he actually causes mass chaos because the organizers actually have people in a line and they're checking them in and everything else and then he just gets up on a table and he just says grab a tent go run oh, for yeah. it and then it was like that's when the hipster lord of the flies lord of the joke flies, started for sure but i think more than anything at the end of the day mcfarland gets a arrested in 2017 for wire fraud um, in California. There was a $100 million lawsuit against him and Ja Rule. It was ultimately dismissed. Now there's been other cases. I believe you had a little news update there with regards to the settlement that they're working yeah, towards. Yeah, so the original class action lawsuit payout mm -hmm. got shrunken so much, or is proposed to about to be cut so much, has not been approved by the judge yet. It would cut the personal payout for 277 ticket holders from $7,200 to $280. Ugh. The biggest part of this that just makes me just at a loss for words for this guy, even when he's in all this legal jeopardy, he goes back to New York, he's staying in a nice penthouse, he's still recording everything. What an idiot. While he tries to start a new business, which is some sort of New York nightlife promotional thing, where he's basically Ponzi scheming, getting people to buy tickets to this Beyonce show, taking that money to buy tickets to do this other thing, and just getting as far as he can down the line. Just pushing the buck down the line. Serial entrepreneur? I don't think so. <laughs> Serial criminal. And when this guy gets out of prison, and he will, I look forward to seeing what what bad shit he gets up I, to. Because he will. He will. And hopefully nobody gives him money and nobody lets it happen. But, but he's you know, such a smooth talker. He is. He is. With that, I'd love to play a little audio clip for him. And this zooming back uh, was back in 2014 when he was just starting um, one of his first ventures. So what would be one access that you can describe to people that you get with Magnus? So unlike traditional credit cards that focus on these one-off perks like travel, flights, hotels, or more about things that you want to use every single day. So clothing stores, car services, restaurants, nightclubs, and things local to you in your city. And how much does it cost? So the card is $250 a year. There's an application to get it, but unlike a traditional credit card, it's not credit score based. It's all community based, and we're really just looking for interesting people across all industries. So a diverse, interesting group from the financial, technology, entertainment, finance sectors. I'm going to stop it there, but what a bonehead. <laughs> 
and he wasn't even providing any kind of payment services. What with a weird magnesis, marketing ploy. Which we're just looking for interesting people. <laughs> like, we're looking for interesting what? people. Oh God, Billy! You know what? I have fallen victim to a festival scam. I have to say, from Billy, not. Oh my, what was if it, it was? You know what? It might have been. I don't think it was lavish enough to have been Billy. It was in the state of New Hampshire. I was going to go to a music festival. I bought tickets for me and a friend. Uh, we're getting closer to the festival. It hasn't really been like a schedule or a lineup. Like nothing's dropped. No information. All of a sudden, a couple weeks out, we notice the website goes down. Okay, that's a little weird. People are trying to reach the promoter. No one can reach him. All of a sudden, we're hearing of these like big artists that were supposed to play have dropped out. Uh, they're no, they're like, I never got paid. I'm not attending. Uh, come to find out the festival just never happened. He just took everybody's money, never threw an event and ran. And I don't know if it was the same thing. He like thought he could do it and put it all together and then like didn't put the effort in to bring it to the finish line, but built this whole branded vision around what this thing was going to be. I was lucky enough to get my money back. A lot of people never saw it back. So I feel like very different from flying to an island and having this experience. But it is easy on any level to fall victim to a scam. And it feels crappy, just like the Theranos investors. It's, it's just crazy. Absolutely. And you hope for some level of accountability. I mean, McFarland's most recent conviction was in 2018 for selling fake Coachella tickets. So it's not, <laughs> what? It's not even he like in he prison. learned his lesson at all. I don't think he learned his lesson. I don't think he's, he's doing interviews from prison. He's fine. Elizabeth. Uh, she is facing up to 20 years in prison and the proceedings were delayed due to COVID and she's actually pregnant now. So that also further pushed the delay. So we have no idea where, how that's going to unfold, but what a wild tale to watch. We'll keep following this. We will be following this story. And now for something completely different. So I feel wrong giving homework, right? We're on a private Island. I'm drinking a Corona life's a beach. That said, how can we put this to work for the brands that are listening? I would say first and foremost, evaluate influencer marketing for your brand. Fire Festival created this whole community of people that got scammed just over a few social posts. Think about what you can do with a little bit of influencer marketing for your brand. You can target hyper-locally. You can find people in groups that need your services, and then you can use it to get in front of them. And this can be transformative for your brand, especially when you're trying to reach a younger, digitally savvy audience, because that's the tools and the media that they are utilizing and subscribing to. Second thing I would say is give some thought to how you use PR to control the narrative for your business. A lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations aren't necessarily totally leveraging PR, and PR is not simply drafting and posting a press release on your website. There are tremendous, tremendous firms out there that do terrific PR, and they can make the ugly duckling look beautiful again. <laughs> Last thing I will say is... You know where the bodies are buried. I can't even believe that this is a saying in business. You know what I think it is? I think it's because the mob technically is a business. Oh, this feels like have, mob terminology. We don't have time for that right now. <laughs> Why is this even in the vocabulary? With that said, this is a PSA to address any business activities that you are doing that are not above board. And that can be from the sales perspective to quoting to customer delivery. Keep it clean, folks. 
So if you had to take anything away from the show today, I would say that it's Veronica is gullible and capable <laughs> of falling for scams. <laughs> and it's that Thomas's information is false and misleading. <laughs> Other than that, if you had to take anything away, don't lie to your customers. If you are marketing that your product does something or you're actively working on a feature or building something into it or part of your service, if the customer is not going to get it, uh, they're not going to be happy. So probably don't do that. Uh, under promise, over deliver. Um, it is better to surprise and delight uh, than promise somebody the world and not be able 100%. to deliver on it. Lastly is... Bow out before you get booed off stage. No one wants that big hook yanking you off the stage. Knowing when to call it quits is admirable. Holding on with a death grip to an idea or a vision that you actually can't deliver on will not serve you in the long run. That uh, that will fall apart. <laughs> and sometimes you got to kill your darlings and reassess what you're doing. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. Yeah.